Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Hey! hey. <laughs> Great start. I couldn't find any quotes for this. Um, I mean, it's a quotey episode, though, right? I mean, they I do thought, say a bunch I, of... Yeah, but what am I going to... Am I going to scrub through the episode and transcribe something? That's more work than I've ever put into this. <laughs> now, now. Not this podcast. I put where, I put a lot of work in this podcast, but in terms of the opening, right? you usually, can attest... You go to IMDb, you find a quote. Usually Ben says, we're recording, and I go, wait, 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 I need to look up a quote. <laughs> I do it at the last possible second. So I watch the episode. Can you feel it coming in the podcast tonight? I mean, right. I could do something like that. Or I was like, is there a tagline for when the pilot premiered? But you know what? I just, I don't fucking feel like it. Here's the honest truth. We're going to give you a good episode. And this is a little bonus. We're giving you extra goods. And in certain ways, this is a mea culpa. Right. Because we gave you a little less episode last time. Sorry. Okay. All right. Here comes Ben. Here comes Producer ben. ben here. I had to cut the last 30 minutes. Uh, there's nothing to be done. Equipment failure. These things happen. It's not uh, going to happen again, though, right? It's not going to happen again. That episode Audio? we just recorded, that great episode, that's all safe in We here, saved right? that? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. David's tapping on it's very warm. the sound mixer. Well, you know, we've been at it for uh, close to three hours. We've been at it. This is our second episode of the day. <laughs> we just recorded a real good one, real hot one. But also, Audio Boom just moved. Big move from yeah, the sixth floor studios. to the 14th floor. Well, no, we don't need to. It, it's just these things happen. We've done, just, we've like, done there's hundreds. There's a lot of chaos. Done hundreds of episodes together. I was getting moved. We were rushing. Every once in a while, you're going to have. episodes. Yeah, you're going to have uh, audio that's just going to get corrupted. I think it's still a good episode. I'm sorry that things got cut off. The box office game got cut off. What else do you remember? There was some talk of Jesse James. There was some said. Jesse James talk. And then I had a really funny joke where I talked about how Fran took me to uh, the Philharmonic. Mm. And I realized how they're basically just a cover band. Fuck, we lost that. That was a really good bit. I forgot about that bit. Yeah. Maybe we need to. Fuck. Work harder. We got like, scrub through the audio, more. right? Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll revisit some. It was also because I had to get it out because we had the deadline and, and I and discovered the, it last minute. This is the other just... thing I want to be very clear about. Okay, we got a whole ad sales thing in place now. We can't fuck with release dates. We can't put things out late. Uh -huh. No. And we've been recording a lot. We have. We've had a bit of a flurry. We've had a bit of a third flurry. Well, we had some vacations. Ben went somewhere, I went somewhere, you went somewhere. You know, we've, we, so we had a little break and then we had a flurry. Right, so we were trying to record things before the vacation and then when we were all on vacation, I thought that maybe I was going to get a job. There was a brief panic over, oh my God, we have to bank a zillion things at once. I would be away for like over two months and then, of course, we were reminded that I am unhirable and my <laughs> career was over. But there was a brief window where Hollywood was like, do you know who uh, who beat you up? Yep. No, can I say what I know about why I didn't get the job? Okay. They wanted to save money okay. by hiring someone local because right, right, it was not gonna shoot film would have filmed in, right, in, in a place. And let me explain this to David. Mm. There was a country called England. That's true. It's part of the United Kingdom. Yeah. Why are you saying yeah? Oh, I know the, You've heard the of general it. details. I've heard of it. I, I live there. I feel like he's, it's come up. Wait, I'm sorry. It's come up. I'm sorry. Rewind the tape for a second. Yeah. Uh, you said you've heard of it. Yeah. And then what was the thing you I said after that? What? 13 years. 
13 years, fellas. I'm, I feel like it, this is, I don't know. I feel like it's come up. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it in the vaguest terms possible because they're a secretive company. Okay? Sure. Yeah. I was up for a thing that would have been on Netflix. <laughs> okay. That could be any one of literally five million shows. What do you mean? They only have a couple things, right, on that Netflix? They were like they this. The Office. Yeah. We have the Office and Friends. Right. Right. You, were you going to be on the, one of those? Oh, wait. I, are you, I can't comment further. All right, fine, fine. It's probably the office. Fuck, that's a good show. It's I good can't show. comment further. You're I probably just, want... just gonna splice them into season three. I just want to explain this setup, okay? <laughs> they were pointedly like, "We think it would be good to have one American person on this show." Oh sure. I was up for a position that was like, "We want an American." It's like an English show, but we'd like an American element. Right. Kind of throw the balance off in a fun way. And we were having the conversations about, like, do you think you'd want to live here? Would you? How many times would you want to fly back? Like you would live in England. I mean, the bit potential was. Wow. It was so rich. Ooh, I was, was so excited right. to be able to call in. It was honestly, it seems like the biggest draw for you in total. Right? <laughs> Unquestionably the hugest draw. <laughs> that the bit potential was going to be through the roof. Okay. Yeah. But they, we were, like, having those logistical conversations that were, like, would you rather live in a major city or, it like, in the countryside closer to where we're filming? Or, like, it wasn't that, you know, paperwork wasn't beside, but it was, like, this feels like it's going to happen. They clearly have, like, designed this to be able to hold a hiring an American actor and flying them over and working yeah. out the work visa and all of that. Yeah. And then Netflix announced that they had lost subscribers. Mm-hmm. And then their stock dropped. Mm-hmm. And then within two hours, they said, like, yeah, I think we're going to hire someone from England. Wow. So it was, well, it was the like vagaries of the stock market. Instantaneous. Yeah. Like they they had they finally had a quarter where they didn't add subscribers. And that was that. And I don't want to say the job was in the palm of my hands. But let's say you were. Let's say maybe I was one of three American contenders. Yeah, Who knows? In the running. Right, 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 right up there. And then suddenly the entire notion of the position existing warped. Right. All right. Well, what can you do? Yeah. The stock market. It's the Can't stock market. Can't control that fucker. The industry's terrible and I don't have a career. But the point is. You have a podcast. Though. I have a podcast, thank God. Uh, and we we were recording episodes like Mad and Ben only checked the public enemies thing right before it was going to go out. You had out. done most of it and then you were like, okay, let me check in on the we end of this one. We've been putting a lot of work on right. your plate recently because we've been, we've been recording overtime. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I my mom, it was her birthday. She's 75 years old. Happy birthday. Happy yeah. Birthday. I, 75. I, I know, it's crazy. I forgot and that your parents had you. Older, older, older yeah. parents. So I came back yeah. and I just wanted to do my last sort of like mm-hmm. double check on finishing out the episode, adding in the sound effects. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was just like, this is unlistenable. You know, even like taking the time, delaying the publish, like yeah, it was just you guys were. It was like a CD skipping. You said, "Yep, it is definitely a double edged sword." Where I remember the last time that this really happened was uh, uh, Batman versus Superman, right? Where we had to release like a, a very cut down episode. Oh my god, yeah, because we were like it was a similar audio issue. It was yep, like same thing. This is just not really comprehensible, so we save the pieces we can save. Mm-hmm. And with that one, it was all over the place. At least with this, we mostly just lost the end, right? Yeah, there was, a, but there's a little bit of classical music in the middle there, right? And I cu- I cut the music because people were complaining to me, right? But people, <laughs> oh, so you re-upload it without the music? It's fine. Yeah, this is what I was gonna say. <laughs> okay, this is what I was gonna say. When the Batman vs. Superman people episode came out, people liked it. Yeah. And they were like, man, what? how incredible. Yeah, could have done with more. Put right. in the work to save it. 
And it's now the double-edged sword of like people like our podcast enough that everyone was furious. Mm-hmm. Not everyone, but some people. But I think all three of us on Sunday were like sweating it. Yeah. Because <sighs> we got the text from you and I was like, what's going on? And then I woke up to like, I mean, we know what the culprit is here. We know what happened to the last 30 minutes of the episode. Pod fade. Oh, it was pod fade. New York Times called it. Damn it. Podcasting. Right, Ben's over. not enjoying this. No, it's no, pod fade. I, okay, I okay. am enjoying this. I mean, it's like, you know. It was pod fade. It's pod fade. You know, the New York Times, they need to probably contact me. They do. To do a follow-up about this sort of new sort of thing in the podcast space. You should probably do a little press conference and sit down with New York Times for like an exclusive first interview. But I just think, I mean, God. The first guy diagnosed with pod. Pod fade? Fade. Yeah. I think in a world where two people can't cynically put the smallest amount of effort into producing three episodes of a podcast with extreme entitlement. I think they made six. The pod fade. They made six. Four years ago. Yeah, I know. I mean, if the industry can't help them, doing a a podcast about a subject they claim, they, they themselves admit have no knowledge or expertise in. They put minimal effort into only to try to make money. Proudly. Grow they their proudly brands. said they, they want to put a lot of work in. It clearly means that this art form is done. Yeah. And it also means that now the episodes being produced by people who do care about what they do are going to start fading. Yeah. This business obviously built on quicksand. This, of course, is an episode on the pilot for Miami Vice. But I'll just say. Yes. That I appreciate the passion. So I, I, I do I take, too. I'm we all appreciate the I passion. I take constructive criticism. And, well, it's it, not really your fault, but yeah. There's pod fade. Really just this little fucker right here. Yeah. It, but these things happen. And um, anyway, you got a bonus episode. Get so a here's bonus a bonus Jonah. episode. We're giving it to you right now. It is our man bonus. It is a Thursday bonus. A little Thursday bonus. It is about something he neither wrote nor directed, but nonetheless was sort of intimately involved with. Which is often we what we like to do. Right. Uh, which is the episode Brothers Keeper, uh-huh. pilot of Miami Vice, mm-hmm. 1984, two-hour with commercials, uh, pilot episode for a game-changing TV show. It is weird that he neither wrote nor directed this. Written by Thomas Carter, directed, I mean, sorry, written by Anthony Yurkovich, directed by mm-hmm. Thomas Carter. Thomas Carter, who later went on to direct Coach Carter. That's true. He made Swing Kids. He made Save, Save the, the Last, Last Dance. Dance. Did a lot of... TV. He was a TV actor originally, then became a TV director, and then became a film director. Yeah. Uh, off of this. I mean, this was so uh, Kind of that classic old-fashioned Hollywood, like, yeah. yeah, kid, you you know. But being able to say, I have been around a set. Right. You did the Miami Vice pilot? That's a calling card. It's a pretty true. People took pilot. note. Yeah. I mean, someone, I saw some quote that said, uh, just spilled mint mints everywhere. And now the episode is ruined. Oh, pod fade. There are oh mints. Oh my god, it was pod fade. In the mixing board. They're fading into the mixing board. Pod fade strikes again. Go on. They said yes. that everything in television had sort of looked the same until the Miami Vice pilot. They were like, there was the one big shift from black and white to color. Mm-hmm. But there was a pretty limited language in terms of how television looked. Partly um, because of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, how quickly you have to make these things. Technical limitations. Right. All of these things. And, uh, you know, a language developed around, uh, uh, you know, a smaller screen and and how people process visual information differently uh, in half-hour chunks 
in, you know, mm-hmm. like 12 inch stretches, you know, whatever. 100%. I mean, this show is coming after what we'd say is like the sort of the, the dawn of, you know, prestige, golden age TV, like Hill Street Blues, yes. saying elsewhere. Like, you know, the shows where it's like, oh, like people start finally being like television is kind of an art form. They're elevating like, it. But I feel like it was always like the thing that's being elevated is the writing. The level of the writing or the honesty of the performances. They're dealing with tougher subjects, you know, or greater emotions. There's more realism. There's more grit. There's more, uh, yeah, social honesty. But once again, that was often the language and the acting. Yes. These shows still kind of would look the same. Yes. You know? And then this is a show that looks and sounds uh, very different. Very cinematic. But also, we should say, MTV... Mm-hmm. The music television channel. Music yes. television? What? Wait, music television? Well, clearly you're putting a period between those two words. Those are two completely separate art forms. No, music, no. music, comma, television. Put them together. What? Music television, MTV, had launched in 1981 mm. and had a, become a sensation. Yeah. And so, right, isn't that the famous story about Miami Vice is that, um, wait, who is it? Uh, they pitched. MTV Cops. Yeah, but I think it was someone came, it was it, Anthony Yurkovich who wrote mm-hmm. uh, the pilot of Miami Vice and was a producer on it. Worked on Hill Street Blues, which okay. was this. And uh and then the, this NBC executive. It's the NBC executive. What the Tartikoff? Tartikoff? Isn't yeah. it Tartikoff? Yeah. Um like approached him and was like, "Here's the pitch. MTV Cops." Mm-hmm. And Yurkovich was like, Miami, like we could do it in Miami. Like yeah. that's a sexy city, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's Tartikoff. Yeah, he wrote a brainstorming memo that read MTV Cops. That's the legend. How and when does Michael Mann get involved? It's a good question, actually. Okay, so you start pretty early. Yeah, I think pretty much from when it's getting in. It's you know, but he wasn't there for that germ moment of MTV Cops. No, it was Tartikoff who supposedly came up with it. That he he claims like it wasn't like that. I, I read an article about acid forfeiture and like you know it you know went from there. Like he mm-hmm. he tries to downplay the sort of sexiness of it. Um, but that was sort of where more visual stylization was coming into TV was through music videos and commercials. Yes, right. But they, but they, yeah, and I guess just very early on, the production company is Michael Mann Productions. Yeah. So like, Mann is just involved. He's he's kind of the showrunner, I think, for mm-hmm. the first two seasons. Yeah. After that, I think his involvement in Miami Vice right. is very limited. But it's, it's weird because he seasons. was in title only an executive producer, but kind of functioned like the showrunner. Yeah, I think he was the showrunner. Basically. Never wrote an episode. Never directed an episode. I don't but believe. you watch this and you're he wrote like one episode. He wrote one really? episode called Golden Triangle. It was um, the 14th episode of the first season. Ah. Two parter. We should have watched that. We could have. We could have. We he could didn't have. direct it. He just wrote I it. Know. And it's yeah. like he co-wrote it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I just think this is. Uh, it's so much a part of his legacy. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, but I was just going to say, this is like one of the first shows that's like, what if the entire show looked like a music video or looked right. like a commercial? Um, which I feel like sometimes people use that as a complaint against things that are pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like uh, the, the whatchamacallit, Luca Guadagnino, uh, I Am Love. <laughs> sure. I remember when that came out, people were like, it's just like a two-hour perfume commercial. Right, right. And I'm like, the perfume commercials look good. That's not a problem. Everything else in the movie is good. 
Yeah, I'm. It's got really a good, good script and really good acting. I don't like. They're saying it's a negative that the thing is they're really it's visually soulless, though, right? Like, it's one of those things where it means like style over substance when you're using that insult, right? Like, but I think I feel distracted by the prettiness. Look, there are examples of that, but I think most often when people say that, they mean I am distracted by the prettiness. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the first shows that was like it was viewed as if you have that much style, you're overcompensating, you're covering for something else. You know, I think that was always sort of the perception. If you're too flashy, what are you what are you covering for? Right. And this was a show that was like, no, the flash is the thing and also the thing is the thing. Right. We're going to do both. We're going to do like try to write like Hill Street Blues level scripts and have real grounded performances and make it all look fucking awesome. And um, part of man's thing. I'm sure you read this. Mm-hmm. No earth tones. None. No red. Out of here. No brown. Mm-mm. No. 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 Neon. Blue. Neon. Right. Pink. Purple. Elliot. This show kind of single-handedly elevates men's fashion in the United States. Like people were not. Uh, crazy. American men were not interested in Italian how, how to, suits. Right. Yeah. Right. You how know, to dress well. Right. Maybe. Anything like that. I mean, there was just like there was a very standard like this is a well-dressed man. Right. Well, like Brooks Brothers versus. You know, any Italian maker. Let's right? Creative fashion, if you want to say. You know, uh, uh, outside of a standard formal wear. Yes, right. That that he brought all the Italian fashion stateside, which there was not really a market for Italian fashion for men in the United States. And it That's boomed after this. Crazy. But it's just that classic. The shoes. Shoes, no socks. Right. White blazer. Maybe like a, a pastel, like mm-hmm. light blue or pink shirt. Yeah. Maybe not even a collared shirt, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Sunglasses. Sometimes t-shirts. Sometimes slick back hair. Yeah. And often the sleeves are a little short. Right. Yeah. Skinny tie. If he's wearing a tie. Uh, yeah, I guess um, Tubbs, yeah. Tubbs has a skinny tie on. Yeah. Um, Don Johnson, you said this in our Miami Vice episode. I think it's accurate. He looks like what people think they look like when they're on cocaine. Right. People who are like, yeah, man, they're like, right, I look like Don Johnson. I've never felt better. They look like Colin Farrell. Right. They if think at best. They look right. like Don Johnson. Right. They look like they haven't washed in a week. Don right. Johnson. Very pretty. David's where's taking it, a bite. Here. Gonna hand David a he's, bag. Um, he's a snack. He's a snack. <laughs> <laughs> and we lost more listeners. Um, it, it was kind of startling to watch us and be like, God damn it. Is that a beautiful man? Right. That that is that is a very very pretty person. Um, we should say with Mam, his trajectory is he made the Jericho Mile, right? Mm-hmm. He'd worked on like TV shows before then. Yep. He makes the Jericho Mile, then he goes off. He makes Thief. <sighs> so good, so good. Yeah, I forgot we got to do our ranking at the end of this episode. That's right. Go on. He goes off. He makes Thief. Mm-hmm. He makes uh, Manhunter, mm-hmm. and then he's back, mm-hmm. and he's bringing those kind of neon sensibilities mm-hmm. um, to. This show, right? The sure. ne- the neon noir. Yes. Um, and then he makes. Oh, he'd ars- no. I'm sorry. He hadn't made Manhunter. Manhunter is 86. It's in the middle of this. Okay. He had only made the Keep. Uh, Thief in the Keep. Crazy. So Manhunter is 86. Right. He's made a very well regarded debut, mm-hmm. and he's made a disastrous horror film that was taken away from him. Right. Yeah. But had a good role playing game. Had a really good role playing game. That we will continue at some point on the Patreon, David's. I don't. What is he doing? He's slam dunking. Two thumbs up. He's doing the two boner fingers. He's pointing to the sky. I feel like athletes do that a lot. Giving it up to God. Yeah. Okay. 
Give it up to the big man upstairs. I, okay, fine. I will give it up to the big Have man upstairs. Have you ever upstairs. seen Miami Vice before? I had never seen an episode. I'd certainly seen a lot of clips. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I've, you know, been channel surfing, caught a bit. I've never sat down and watched a proper episode. I don't think I have either. I was. I may have like caught an episode or two just right in reruns, but I, I was surprised really... by how successfully this kind of plays as a self-contained film. Yeah, this plays great because I always thought of Miami Vice as like, oh, it's a very stylish procedural, right? Which I think it does sort of evolve into. Sure, but this is very much an emotional story, right? You know, with some crime at the middle of it, but this no, is very but much it a has, character. It movie. has an arc. It is a classic pilot. You know, like they kind of don't make them anymore. Like it right. used to be. Anytime you watch a TV show, we're talking into the 2000s. Yeah. You'd have to watch the pilot first and be like, oh, right. This is like a movie. Right. And then the second episode might be on different sets. Maybe even actors will have been swapped out. Right. And the second episode is going to be an extremely lame reintroduction of everything. Yeah. Because they shot this nine months earlier. They often would shoot the pilot as a a backdoor sort of thing where, yeah. well, if it doesn't work, then we just air it as a TV right. movie. We can just put it on. No right. matter what, we get the value of it. So make a slightly higher value, more self-contained, hour 40-minute narrative. And right. if it works, we do it as a series. Right. And a lot of those would get released theatrically. Sometimes like something, right. In yeah. Europe. Yeah. Um, some TV movies did as well, uh, right. like Jericho Mile. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, uh, Battlestar Galactica was released as a film. Right. Uh, a lot of these Not films- a bad pilot. Even though it's a total ripoff of Star Wars. Yeah, never seen it. Um, um, but right, I, I just mean like if you're sitting yes. someone down and you're like, let's watch the X-Files pilot. like or what? It's like, it's going to feel like a little movie about these two people meeting and having an adventure and, you know, like, you know, and there'll be some dangling stuff, but yeah. it will kind of be complete. Well, that's the weird thing about pilots. And this is finally kind of shifting now because of the way the industry works. But... Um, you kind of have to make a pilot that works as a complete thing, but also simultaneously sets the stage for how you could make years of this thing. Right. Which is almost impossible to do both simultaneously. Where, like, anyone who's watching a pilot, whether it's a focus group or the executives themselves, they want to watch it and be like, I feel a sense of completion watching this. I feel satisfaction watching this, but also I see the profitability. Entertain me, but proof of concept. Right. It's got to be both at the same time. That's insane. Which is why I usually don't like pilots. They're usually Uh, bad. When I was a TV critic, I would often be like, yeah, you kind of have to get past the pilot. Yeah. And I would admire pilots if they sort of found a way to do what you're talking about. Like the Freaks and Geek pilot is one of the great pilots. Cheers. My So-Called Life. Cheers. Uh, My So-Called Life is is arguably the best episode of the show until maybe it's like last two. Do you have any, a, a go-to answer for the best pilot of all time? Is there one that jumps out to Freaks you? and Geeks is usually my answer. I, I think mean, the Six Feet Under pilot. Language. Yeah. I think the Six Feet Under pilot, that's a show that I am mixed on. Yeah. But I think that pilot is basically a fantastic movie. Like the uh-huh. ending is like pretty phenomenal. Yeah. You don't really need to make more Six Feet Under. Yeah. Like they made a show and the show is up and, you know, it has a lot of great stuff in it. I'll but like the way that ends, you're kind of like, wow, that was kind of great. Yeah. Good Law, story. Law and Order really set up. There's going to be law and, and percent. And look, they wrote a big check for themselves in terms of having to set up both of those things right. in one pilot. But I saw that and I was like, I could see this every week. I get week. it. I, 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 and, I, and I got room for the ampersand in the middle. <laughs> Trying to think of other great pilots. Uh, those are because the West Wing has a great pilot. Yeah. Well, do you um, like NYPD Blues? I love NYPD Blues. Yeah. I don't know if the pilot... No, Ben's ever... talking about NYPD Blues, which is a jazz club that he goes to where off-duty cops play the sax. <laughs> <laughs> NYPD Blues. I'm trying to think of this. 
I'm sure. I, 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 <laughs> someone's thinks they're funny. <laughs> someone's in a mood. <laughs> oh, the Sopranos pilot. That's the oh. other one. The Duck Sleep. Sure. I've never seen The Sopranos pilot. I highly recommend it. The Sopranos pilot is uh, is bulletproof. Wow, it has okay. this whole arc with the yeah. ducks in the pool. Yeah. The ducks leave at the end and and like and you're like again you're sort of like I understand that this is setting things up yeah. we're meeting characters there's going to be more of this. But uh I do feel very emotionally satisfied. But isn't that that weird thing where you're like the best pilots of all time also end on a note where you're like they could have just not made the show. This would work as its own thing. But you wouldn't have met the supporting characters. I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying the you know show I mean? would like, be better like, off if it hadn't done it, but for a pilot to really work as its own thing, it needs to feel like it doesn't need the rest of a series. Right. And very often there are things where it's like, I remember like when Community aired, I was like, I don't really like this episode. I see how it could become a good show. Right. Like I don't think the pilot's Thirty very Rock good. Is like that. Right. Thirty Rock's the same thing. Like a lot of comedy shows are like this sets the stage for what I could see myself enjoying. There's a lot of room for growth. I'm gonna give I it three it. weeks to see if they like find the tone. Yeah, I mean the classic test, especially when I used to write about TV, is like right, the second episode, write it off. It's gonna be bad. Second episode of every TV show is bad. Hmm. It's everybody restating their business. It's re- they're universal. Now I'm trying Always to think bad. what the best second episode. There might be good ones. There's almost none. Okay. The third episode is, or the fourth is usually where That's it's like, test. here's maybe a second writer is coming right. in. They're trying to sort of be like. Here's how this show's going to work now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, The Lost Pilot is a great pilot. It's this action adventure. It's crazy. Yeah. The second episode is the Kate episode that's kind yeah. of, like, introducing Kate and, like, oh, she's a woman of mystery. And you're like, well, okay, fine. You know, and like, but apart. Right. Then the, the third episode is technically about? episode four, but yeah, because the pilot's a two-parter, right. is Walkabout. Right. Where they're like, here is the limits of our imagination on this. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. Like, right. oh my God. You know, yeah. like that's that's what they're going for. I also think that's the point in production where the actors and the characters right, start are to starting to settle a little into bit. their characters. Right, and right. so A, the writers are starting to go like, oh, here's what this actor can do. Let's write to them. And B, the actors are starting to take a little more authorship of the character, yep. which is an exciting thing to see that you don't get to see in right. plays. Because even if someone's playing the character a thousand times, the text is remaining the same. Yes. Or in movies, uh, the idea of it of it being an ongoing thing, and especially in traditional broadcast models, the thing where it's like episode four is airing and that right. person is shooting episode seven or eight. And they're getting the feedback of what the audience is responding to. The writers, the directors, the actors, and they're reacting to that and going like, ooh, double down on this, drop this. I miss that. The, the, this is the, the other a, thing I wanted to say. Pipeline. The yeah. thing is, pilot episodes now are kind of dead. Yeah. Usually a show has already been ordered to 13 episodes or whatever by Netflix or whoever. So it's sort of like the pilot episode's really just 10 minutes of plot. Right. You know, like it feels like this very squishy setup-y, like kind of nothing happens right. episode. I'd say one know? of two things happens. Either someone sells a series and then they just start writing the whole thing. Right. Or someone writes a pilot as sort of a writing sample, yeah. and they commit to doing a full season off the pilot script. But by the time they shoot it, they have already written the other episodes, so they've maybe rejiggered it. Uh, Amazon Stretching. was still doing pilots. Tick was one of the last Amazon pilots. Right, because Amazon had that old-fashioned, like, we'll show you the pilot, and then a year later, you'll see a show. Right, um, and it's a thing that still irks me where there's shit like that we had to change the suit two more times. Right. Because the pilot suit was literally, about, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, the suit they built got partially confiscated by the TSA when they were flying it from L.A. to New York. Yeah. And someone had to pull a, like a, a fucking like 48-hour mad rush 
to completely construct and engineer a new mechanical suit for Peter. Right. And we just were like, well, we have to film this. Right. And we shot a pilot with a suit that looks like fucking hot diarrhea and where he couldn't hear anybody or could barely move. And he then, does look crazy in the past. And then like 10 months later, we were just like, well, the suit's different now. Right. We couldn't reshoot the whole thing. Right. You know, what are you going to do? Right, but that's like what but used that's, to that's what pilots happen. were always like. like yeah. It was like, oh, that's weird. They didn't realize that character isn't British yet. Or like they, you know, you like know. these major shifts happen in the right. first couple episodes, and now everything is like, no, it's really like a ten-hour movie. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, it's like they shot they shot the pilot at that school, but then that school got knocked down, or another show had it. Yeah. So the you know they were, they finally built some sets. So now. Every episode, the school's going to look different. But right. even if it's less clean, I feel like we're all guys who like being able to watch that evolution happen. Like, it's fun. There's something exciting about watching a show figure itself out right. in a way that can only happen in that model. I've been watching all of Seinfeld and, like, watching right, so the evolutions of it. The Seinfeld Chronicles. Yeah. That was the pilot. Elaine's not in it. Right. They thought the only female character was going to be the waitress. Kramer's called Kessler? Yeah. Weird. And he's just, yeah. like— Kind of like a yeah, he's schmo. just like a little weird, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you watch like over the course of the season, they're like, "What if the hair is like a little bit taller?" Right. Like every episode, they push the hair a little bit. God, and yes, I don't know who it was, but someone was like, "Can we have a woman in this that's not just an all-knowing waitress like right. who's like Seinfeld? You crazy!" Right, bum. the waitress like, character sucks. She's not. Yeah. Great. yeah. God, she must be like, be so fucking rich. Right? Isn't she like the who was yeah. the you know Pete Best or whoever the fifth Beatle? That's right? what I thought was going to happen with Mulaney. Sh- oh, so you'd watch it like stratosphere? That I would be like the seventh yeah. friend. Yeah, people would be like, friend. you know, uh, weirdly, Griffin Newman was once in it. Then he was written out due to incompetence. Yes. We assume. Right? <laughs> who right. knows? You know, Griffin he hasn't been Newman? heard from again. He walked right. into the sea. Right. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about uh, why people would know my name and uh, walking into the sea is nicer than uh, uh, committed some sort of awful slaughter. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Miami Vice, though. Miami Vice, though. Great pilot. Great pilot. And it even feels like... When when that theme hits. Yeah. Wait, what were you going to say, Ben? Uh, Arrested Development pilot. Good Good pilot. Good pilot. Good pilot in that it's introducing you to the format of that show. And it's stylistic. Yeah. But good, good pilot, Russo's? but episode three, I think, is bringing a buster. Is like when you go, like, "Fuck, this is a right. great show." They yep. figured it so out. So it's your, it's to your point. Right. I think I, so. That one I watch and I go, like, really good pieces. There's good stuff but here. There's some shows where you show someone the pilot, they're like, "I can't wait to see fifty of these." Yeah. Some shows where you show them the pilot with the caveat of like, "Okay, so this is going to be intro, and we're going to get there." You know, well, well, right. you know, you're going to settle into this show. I'm going to the bathroom now. I got it. You're going to the bathroom. Jesus Christ. This is, this is what, what we're going to talk about. This is, what are we going to talk about? We're not going to do bits. Okay. Real talk. Real talk. We're going to see Kong later. We're seeing King Kong tonight. <laughs> we're seeing the big boy himself on B-Way. It's about to close. It is closing um, to um, not great reviews. No. And a, a massive, massive financial write-off. Yeah. No, I don't think they... I don't think that they walked away with money. No, no. They walked away with negative money, uh, yeah. with anti-money. Yeah. But I think uh, you said, I got to see the big boy. And uh, I said, I got to see this puppet. <laughs> and so we have met in the middle. And we're unison, going. Saying, we got to see this big, big puppet. Well, boy. I tried to get tickets to the island. You wanted to go to Skull Island. I wanted. I, and, and it was. So expensive. Very no expensive. Airbnb. This time of year oh, in August, like because we're tiptoeing into August. Yeah, it's this like is, prime yes. travel season. Right. Um, 
Tons of people love to vacation on Skull Island. Yeah, yeah. so it just, it, this felt like the more accessible thing. And the show is doing so poorly, they are actually paying us to go see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not because of this podcast or the platform. No. We were just walking down the street and someone was like, please, please. They literally just gave us $50 to say, please come back here at 7 tonight. It almost felt like a monkey paw situation. I'm like, have we inherited some sort of curse? Well, that's the thing I'm... I don't think we'll be cursed. I don't either. I think we're going to have a great time. Honestly, I think it's going to be really cool. You know what it's I'm— It's a big fucking puppet. It's, like, huge. This is, I'll tell you what my concern is. Uh, I think we might have too good of a time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, keep going back till it, like, closes finally. Yeah, and you have very a very limited window. There's, like, ten performances what left. What are you talking—oh, you talking about the big boy? Well, you'll never know. Okay, fine. Well, I'll listen, like, No, tomorrow. no, you won't. Not this one. I mean, he could take it out. No, it's staying in. Okay, Kong, great. we're going to see him. I know, you're seeing I the big boy. I tried to get to the island, Skull Island. Okay. Very expensive. Sure, that's like a $2,000 ticket. On yeah, the he had to repeat that joke because you're not going to be allowed to hear this episode. David, <sighs> you ever been to Miami? I oh, have. Yeah. I shot in Miami once. Ooh. For the television series Graceland. Right. You were on Graceland? I was on Graceland. You went to Graceland. Oh my god! Yeah, my cool. best oldest friend Derek Simon, his first paid uh, uh, job as a writer mm-hmm. was on the TV show Graceland, and he convinced them to hire me as a, uh, a Southern redneck. That's right. Cool. Uh, threaten a woman with a shotgun. Oh, I'm a little slow. I throw uh, uh, flies into a bug zapper. Okay. With chopsticks. Sure. Probably my best work. <laughs> cool. What but was, I was it called? I was there. I was there for, for several days. It was called Sense Memory. Yeah. Oh, boy. And if you folks know the tens of cents I have made off of that episode, those residual Tens checks, of sense memory? Tens of sense memory. How is Daniel Sunyata? Didn't work with him. How is Aaron Tveit? Did not work with him. Who'd you work with? Vanessa Ferlito. Oh, she. Pleasant. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Reese Coiro, did you work with him? No, I think Vanessa was the only regular I worked with, and mm-hmm. then it was a lot of guest stars. Yeah. These Southern brothers. What was Reese Coiro just in where I was like, oh, that was Reese Coiro. You know, that was uh, Entourage guy. I, 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 I don't know. Fuck, I don't know what was it? Oh, God, I'm going crazy. Have you now. guys been to Miami? No, never. I've mm. been to Tampa. That's the mm. only place in Florida I've ever been. Ben. I have been to Miami. Of course. Whoa. Unsurprising. Yeah. Uh, I've partied in Miami. You? Yeah. Wow. Wait, party in Miami? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a very good time. Oh, boy. Let's just say I partied all weekend. Okay. Didn't sleep much. Yeah. If you catch my drift. Yeah. You were Don Johnsoning all weekend, is what you're saying. I was having fun. I was dancing. It's got sure. a great club scene, great food. Yeah. Wait, they have a good club scene over there? Miami? Yeah. Have you heard? Miami, Florida? Oh, right. Of course. Mm-hmm. He's in the uh, bone sketch of Tim Rob- of Think You Should Leave. He's oh. the, the bones of their money. He's the other guy. The bones of their right, money. Right, right, right. Um, no, famously, <laughs> when an NBA team rolls through Miami to play the Miami Heat, <laughs> the bones of their they money. They die. <laughs> no, but it's just one of those things where like people kind of make jokes about like, oh, I hear they arrived last night. And then you see them and they're kind of like, <laughs> you know, they're like oh, <laughs> they've been up. David, once again, for the listener at home, doing a great entirely physical bit. David of like was, someone lazily dribbling and throwing it. It up. was funny. I, I don't know what to tell you. David did it very well. He was yawning and dribbling at the same time. 
<laughs> very precise physical humor. Yeah. But I don't I think Miami's rep in the eighties is probably different, right? It's probably like hmm. Well, it's a major uh hub for drug activity. I mean that's no, the big I mean thing. I'm aware that's why it's set there, that's right? Because a lot of drugs come in through Miami. But yeah. like I I don't know. I, don't I, know. I feel like Florida has only like grown and exploded in population over the last mm. twenty you know what I mean? Like yes. it's only become bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know. Our pilot Even though Miami is like Going underwater. Our, right? our pilot discussion, well, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Miami's disappearing. The world's terrible. Uh, it will end. Um, I mean, so is the island of Manhattan. I mean, it's an island. We got a little more. What are you time. talking about? Yeah, we live on an island. Mm, I don't think so. That's yeah. why I'm on island time. That's why I'm always late to record. Oh, my God. That's fucking good. Thank what if you. that's his oh. excuse? Like, sorry. I'm on island <laughs> Jesus. I live in Manhattan. I'm on island time. I'm on island time. <laughs> Jesus. I'm a Manhattan boy. <laughs> On island time, perpetually. I was born into island time. You were, you were. So was I. It's actually rude of people to think I'd show up on time. Mm-hmm. It's out of my control. How dare they? Blame my mom. She didn't get on a plane. Pop me out somewhere else while she still had the chance. I was born into Do you island. Have dual time. citizenship. Well, it's a sensitive subject. Okay, we won't talk about it. Continue I w- with I would have been able to get dual citizenship. To the UK if I'd gotten this job. Really? Yeah. Why? Because my mother's my mother's British by birth. Wait a second. What do you mean? I'm sorry, what? Like she was on vacation. I don't know how yeah. to do this. Hold on, hold on. No, no, you've got it. You've got it. Stick with you've it. You've got it. Stick hold with on, it. Hold on, hold on. Your mom. Because your mom, we've all know, is kind of like classically like it's like a French. It's I a think French, it was a French, French lady. It's French exactly. lady. Right. So we'd assume French lady. This French lady. Is, French. She's born in France. This is the twist. Born in England. Wait, but okay. So then she was. Was she on vacation? Or wait, her, no, her mom, because she wasn't out yet. But my grandmother uh-huh. was married to a British man. Wait, wow. what? Right, Who right. Was so my mother's father. Right. And my grandmother left him for a French man, mm-hmm. and oh. took my mother. With her. Mm. And so my mother identifies as French. Yes. But I am technically of British blood. Oh my. What? It has God. never come up David, on. David, David, it has genuinely never come up on this podcast. Is that true? It's We've been friends for five up? years. Have I ever explained that to you? I think you might have. Yes. I think, I think not. Have. That's never no, come up on this podcast. I think, I think you have. But it took me not on the podcast for sure. No. No. What? I, I can't believe it. I could get a UK passport if I spent enough time there. If I worked there, if I was there for long enough. I've really? looked into this. Okay. Cool. I'm not saying this job would have covered all of it, right, but right, it would have right, right. it started the thing in motion. I have to swear allegiance to the Queen, though. Are you willing to do that? Yeah, Queen Ada. Um, from Up Bug's Life. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of a Queen character I respect. And that was the David, and that was the first. David is like, what does she even look like? Princess Ada. She becomes a queen at the end. She's, oh, so you're, you're, she's not even a queen in the movie. She's just at the a, end of the film. They give her the crown. Isn't that uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a little purple, and she's got kind of that like that little that JLD sauciness. Well, it's that thing where like it's like female cartoons have eyelashes. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that way you know she's a lady. Yeah. Ada. <gasps> Queen <sighs> Ada and the Princess Ada. I haven't seen that movie in 20 years. Uh, do you know it's a masterpiece? <laughs> what if Capra of a Bugs? 
Uh, yeah, no, right, right. Well, anyway, I, I, that's crazy to hear. I can't believe. I'd love it for you to have a uh, British passport. Yeah, there she is. There she is. There she is. Um, th- this is what I was gonna say. Yeah. You're, you're talking about sometimes you show a pilot to someone and you're like, it'll get good later, right? Yeah. There are also things like Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Sure. Everyone's like, fuck, this, they're hitting the ground running and the show can't sustain itself. There, there are yeah. other phenomenons where like a pilot is so hot yeah. that the networks go crazy for it. Right. And then the show is like canceled by episode five. Right. Yeah, there are there absolutely are there are warning signs in in like the Studio sixty pilot, for example. But right. like yes, yes. But also sometimes if a pilot's too good, there's nothing left to do afterwards. And that can happen. Yeah, you can have like a really sexy pilot, and right, you don't you never figured out what your show is week to week. Right now, I was surprised that the Miami Vice pilot is so much an origin story between mm-hmm. these two guys, with so many twists and turns in terms of what you learn about them and what they learn about each other. Right. And that it ends on this note where it's like, like, I guess we'll be partners. But also like, oh, this whole system's kind of fucked. I mean, we'll get to that in a second, but like it almost resolves all of its own thematic concerns within this one hour and 40 minute thing. It does, but it has the promise of like, well, if nothing else, we can work together. But it's all, in that way, it's such a good blueprint that there's a part of me, I'm not surprised because of course, we're talking about Michael Mann, who's a lunatic and never does anything the easy way. Right. But Occam's Razor, you would go, well, Miami Vice movie, do for Miami Vice pilot what you Absolutely did for right. L.A. Takedown. And he was, right. And he's like, no, I'm not going to. I mean, probably partly because the Miami Vice pilot is more successful. famous. Right. Um, but right. Instead of doing an origin story kind of like, here's how these two cops get yeah. together. It's like, no, not only will we drop you into the middle of their relationship, but we'll drop you into the middle of a scene. Right. <laughs> like a scene. We'll drop you into the middle of them doing their job. Their relationship has almost no tension anymore. No. The movie's just about their relationships with other people. hundred percent. Right. They won't interact that much. Right. Whereas this move, this, the brother's keeper begins with Don Johnson losing his partner. It begins first with, it begins first with, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tubbs. Um, uh, Philip Michael Vincent? No. Uh, Philip Michael Thomas. Philip Michael Phil- Thomas. I always get Jan so Michael three, Vincent. The three names. And Philip Michael Thomas confused. Yeah. Uh, Philip Michael Thomas. You're, yeah. you're right. It begins with Tubbs. Who's very good in this. Yeah, he's great. I feel like his legacy is now one of those examples of like, oh, he was like a David Caruso, where his like ego got too big because of the show. And Really? Like, That's his legacy? I he feel, does, doesn't he like direct movies and stuff? Like he has a whole directing career. Really? Yeah. I feel like he had a legacy of asking for like a pay raise and maybe, then it became difficult. Right. I feel like there were behind John, the scenes. But Don Johnson is the one that they almost replaced. Right. He actually was like, I, you're going to give me a big pay raise. You know, I think it was like three seasons. You know, whenever the show is like just absolutely I, scorching. I think it's cool that they set up. He has multiple tubs in his apartment. Okay. Yes, I was a little bit wrong about this. Okay, I, tr- Mark Harmon. I was trying to find the person they were like, we'll just replace you with Mark Harmon. Yes. Right. Which is sort of like, as much as Don Johnson became sort of a famous has-been, yeah. even though he had like Nash Bridges after this, he was like always yeah, around. It always worked. Yeah. Uh, but like he did kind of become a famous has-been. Like yeah. it does feel like, nah, Mark Harmon's a little too cute, right? Like, you know, totally. you need someone who kind of has that thing of like, yeah, he might just shoot you, right? You know, yes. he sort of lived a life already. Um, I, I I got it wrong. I was confusing uh Philip Michael Thomas with uh, uh someone else. I'm who? forgetting who. Okay, fine. But you know, some another Caruso type who's like, I'm too big for this, and made a bunch of demands. Caruso is the one where like he lasted a season, right? 
He, he was so hot, so fast yeah. that he was like, well, clearly I'm out of here. I knew he didn't leave the sort show. Sort of the Chevy Chase thing. But right. I thought that he was always threatening to leave the show. Mm-hmm. I was conflating that with, I knew there was some weird story with him. Here's what it is. Philip Michael Thomas is the man who coined the term EGOT. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Right. That's right. Because he, Babe Ruth style, called his shot that he was going to be. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll win all four. Ego. I'm also, he's not a director. So I, I was thinking of the other triple-barreled guy from Starsky and Hutch. Right, who's the director who of Who made, Kazam. like, the running man and shit. Now, uh, fuck, J- John Michael Glazer? Uh, no. <laughs> but Glazer's in there. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, fuck, what is his name? What's his name? <sighs> Great job. Paul Michael Glazer. I was two out of three and bad, baby. You were two out of three. And he directed, didn't he direct The Running Man? Yeah, The yes. Running Man and Kazam, something's gotta give. He's an actor in right. that one. He plays uh, the ex-husband. On the Wikipedia, it just says Thomas Quinn Yaknam, he got, uh, you know, meaning Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, and references plans for winning all four. And then in, in one of the cruelest sentences on any Wikipedia entry ever, mm-hmm. he has not as yet been nominated for any of these awards. He's been nominated for one Golden Globe, I believe, but which has is not factor into received the a People's Choice Award. Hey! And a Golden Globe nomination. That's not nothing. It's not nothing. He's a voice in a lot of Grand Theft Auto. That's what it's saying, yeah. that he now does a lot of voiceover yeah. work. He also was weirdly part of the Psychic Readers Network. He was what? the spokesman for the Psychic Readers Network and was only replaced by Miss Cleo. Oh, oh Miss Cleo's a legend. And he sued for breach of contract because they'd replaced him. All right. But it was originally the Philip Michael Thomas Psychic Readers Network. Interesting career. Sure. Now, I feel like he's a guy where they joke about the fact that he didn't, you know, really amount to anything after Miami Vice, especially because of the EGOT thing. He is so fucking good in this. Terrific. I was, like, stunned by how good his performance is. Yeah, man. I also, I did know that his origin was like, yeah, he's the New York cop who's, like, an outsider. But I'd totally forgotten. Uh, I Very like surprising yeah. when this pilot opens in New York. Right. In, like, again, a classic, another thing that man, yeah. like, junked in the show. Like, right. no, no talk about that. Right. But he's like a New York street cop sitting in a shitty car right. in a shitty neighborhood. Right. These guys come up and try to mug him, and he takes up, it takes out a, a snub no shotgun. What's Ben looking at? Great. Okay. Back to Miami Vice. Get this cow out of here. We gotta get my top ten. John Michael Vincent sitting in a car in the in the fucking merciless streets of New York City. Sure. Classic. Uh, Michael Mann, neon noir. Uh, these guys try to mug him. He's got a gun. This guy's desperate. He is. Um, but I'll say, starting in New York really helps make and make that hard cut to Miami feel really appetizing. Yeah. Well, and also I think I would like to rewatch it actually just to see because like Miami Vice, famous theme, famous yes. opening theme by Sean sure. Hammer. Great music in general. You know, uh, uh, I went on a few dates with Jan Hammer's daughter. Really? Yeah. How was it? She, I messed it up. She was uh, great. Well, you mess something up with a girl. Now she's engaged and doing well. But like <laughs> this theme, uh, I'm just, I'm sorry. We've now landed on my my favorite potential recurring segment for Blank Check. David pups his arms <laughs> to the Miami Vice theme while. Ben recounts romantic regrets. <laughs> David is uh, just fucking flailing. Woo! And Ben is really in his head. You can tell he's got that far off look. He's thinking about all the women he's loved and lost. Uh, 
<laughs> this is Ben is red. <laughs> He's staring Where James off. James Olmos is Castillo. <laughs> David's pointing. <laughs> but I feel like in the in the first episode, sure. the theme is extended, and we kind of just like build into it. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it's kind of awesome. It feels like the opening to Aliens, it where it like takes a long time to come rules. together. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh. So that I just like opening titles. I do too. This another this, thing I miss. I think you might agree with me. This pilot is best. It's good when people are talking. Yeah. It's best when no one's talking. Yeah. And there's just music and they're just driving. And that's exactly that's the, the thing that people were not doing on TV at the time. Right. That's the energy and the look that man was yeah. like plugging into this where he's like, we can do, we can do something like that. It's okay. Yeah. Like, you know. Because the script is solid. It doesn't have the same sort of like diamond cut dialogue of man's best work. It's got some fun Because he didn't lines. write it. Right. But it's like, it's all of his pet themes. Yeah. But it I doesn't have his Crockett's, kind of. Crockett's right. whole like where he's like. Why is this amateur out? You know, all his kind of yeah. like complaining and his sort of like wise ass line. Like, it's a little forced. It's some, okay. Some of it's a little stock TV cop stuff. Um, But I think Johnson's good. He I was think, this guy yeah. who um, had done some pilots. Mm. He was kind of in that mode where like networks are sort of like, this guy seems a little washed up. Like you They know, didn't want to hire him. Yeah, he seems like a bad choice. Nick Nolte, Jeff Bridges were their first choices. Yeah, sure. Great. That was never going to happen. They were like, what if we got a big movie star to do TV? And they're like, are, are you kidding me? It would ruin an actor's career were he to go back to TV. Don Johnson also is like one of those guys with like, one of those wild ride Wikipedia pages where it's like, one, early life, two, acting, three, music, four, World Championship Powerboat Racing. Whoa. Five, personal life. 5.1, relationships and family. 5.2, legal problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like You're just looking at the chapters and you're like, oh. He was married to Melanie Griffith twice, and the first time was when she was a teenager. Then they got divorced. Then they remarried about a decade later and had children. 13 years later. Yeah, That's crazy. so weird. But I mean, like, he's one of those guys where it's like spouses. Here, I'm yeah. reading, I'm yes. reading okay. from his spouses. Okay. Spouses. Mm. Spouse one. Married 1968. Annulled 1968. No name? No name. Spouse two. The unknown woman. Spouse two. Melanie Griffith? Spouse two. Married 1973. Annulled 1973. Wait, what? Melanie Griffith. Married 1976. Divorced 1976. And how old was she in 1976? I'm guessing 16. I'm guessing she was born in 1960. She was born in 1957, which would make her 19, I think. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, um, Don. You you just you just barely made it. Um Melanie Griffith, married nineteen eighty nine, divorced nineteen ninety six. Like two Melanie Griffiths. And then Kelly Flegger, married nineteen ninety nine. They're still together. So I guess he kind of finally just took it easy. I don't know. That is insane that he has two, two unidentified unnamed spouses that he married and annulled. Within the same year. Before he met the woman, he would then later remarry successfully. And that there are no marriages in between the two ah! Griffiths. Um, There's 13 years in between where he's unmarried. Everything you're, He had like a partner in there somewhere as well. He's the father of Dakota Johnson. Of course. Uh, who is now the star of movies. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of hers. I think he, Dakota, great. Yeah. Love, love Dakota. Yeah, really. Don seems like weird energy. He seems like he's weird kind energy. of fun now in this like old like you know where like yes. people are kind of digging him up for a scene right he's in mm-hmm. like uh, Django very good in Django um, he was very good in Eastbound and Down right he's in the yeah. um, he's gonna be in Knives Out right 
Uh, he's in a couple of the uh, S. Craig Zoller racist movies. Uh, yes. He's good in them, though. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I think he was viewed as like, oh, this is a guy who's going to make the leap from like 100%. TV to movies. Yeah. And then it didn't really happen. No. Really? I always assumed that he was just like a schlocky TV actor. People, that was always the vibe of of his the he, joke of But him. in the 80s, it's like, you know, the hot spot or, right. you know, uh, um, what else we got here? But I feel like his legacy was... <laughs> Dead Bang. Have you heard of that one? No. John Frankenheimer movie. He was a little bit of a Rick Dalton-esque figure, right? Where everyone was like, oh, man, but when Miami Vice ends, his movie career is going to be huge. Rick, Rick Dalton, uh, uh, for people, because it's brand new this episode. Quentin, sure. Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Leo DiCaprio. Right. He is like that. Yeah. I think Rick Dalton's even more on the downswing. But yes. it, it, it is that guy where it's like, eh, he kind of had his bite at the apple at the yeah. leading man shit. He might just be a heavy now. Yeah. Right. Like right. I, casting him as a leading man would almost just make us look bad. And also his next big thing after my advice, the only thing that really kind of stuck was him going back to TV right. like 10 Nash years later right. and just being like, now I'm just the old cop. Now I'm like the cop who isn't cool. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Now I want to watch the Nash Bridges. Theme. But there's like a big. Peach Marin in that one, I think. He later joined. I think he's in. Maybe. maybe really? Maybe, I don't yeah. Know. yeah. I thought he joined later. Okay, and... Don Johnson? Yeah. I would always get Nash, Nash Bridges. Bridges and Martial Law confused. Martial uh, right. Law was Chuck Norris? No, 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 because no, he was uh, Walker, Texas Walker, Ranger. Yeah, Avec Cheech Marin. I guess these are the French titles. Yeah. That's it. Oh, no, James Gammon. Oh, love James Gammon, the, the coach from Major League. Jamie P. Gomez. Martial Law Jerry was Sam Hung and Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall? Created by Carlton Cuse. Right, uh, Carlton Cuse and I believe Damon Lindelof both worked on Nash Bridges. At least Cuse did. Yeah, Cuse was one of those guys who did schlock, right. schlocky stuff. Right. Lindelof was more the sort of like I'm the kind of like the weird side. Right, guy. but those right. CBS cop shows, Walker, yeah. Martial Law, yeah. in the and, 90s. and Nash Bridges. Right. right, we're running the table, uh, and that's yeah. Then he found that zone, and now he's hit a certain pocket of I think people who grew up with him and thought he was the coolest guy when they were watching. Uh, Miami Vice when they were 13 now cast him in things right, right right. that's what it feels like I mean all these guys like Ryan Johnson and Tarantino and uh, uh, McBride and, and Hill are all in the age range to have been like Don Johnson that's the coolest guy that was the yeah that guy was fucking he was he was like right. the alpha male of, of American culture for a year but he was viewed as like sort of like a a, a cursed Pilot actor. Yes. There are certain people he who get that Lauren reputation. Graham of his day. Yes. Right. Where pilot, it's uh, like. Show killer. Right. Right. They like do like six pilots in a row as a lead and they go like. Paget Bruce. Is he the commonality here? Right. Is Our audience is turned off by them until they get the one. And at that point, it's like, this is their last shot. The network doesn't want to hire them. Right. They hire him and uh, it, it totally makes the show. It does. He's great. Yeah. He's great. But I do think the best. I like the pilot. I think it's a lot of fun to watch mm-hmm. when you're. It's incredibly easy to watch. Very easy. To watch. Like I threw it on and I was like immediately like, oh hey, yeah. what's going on? You know, like tell me more. Right. Tell me more about uh, the shotgun in New York. Like yeah, right. Don't really care about the drug deal. You know, like the details sure. of everything that's going on. I'm like, I get it. There's a bad guy from Colombia. But the thing and that's, they're all tangled up in his net. Right. The thing yeah. that's interesting is in a uh, an hour and forty minute pilot. I would say it takes until the halfway point for them to really to meet to meet. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's right. like these two guys are independently time. tracking the same deal. Right. Um, also, it has the advantage that it uses Jimmy Smiths, 
who's going to be on LA Law in a couple of years, but yeah. he's still kind of like this like face. God, you know what I mean? And what a face! And, and it's one, he's in the what the first five ten minutes ten yeah. minutes right? He's got two scenes essentially. He's Don's partner. Yeah. Uh, he's going to get married, right? He's getting ready he's getting, to get married. I think he's getting married. They're getting ready to have a kid. Am I Something wrong about like that? that. Yeah. And he's or, like, so he's yeah. nervous about that, right? And they sort of he's talking He's starting about a family it. is the point. Right. And uh, and then he blows up. He blows up. Because they're um, making a deal with a guy who has turned on the big drug dealer they were trying to take down. Right. Uh, what does he say? Price of business or capitalism? Right. Uh, you know, that that he has turned on him and is like, I can get you a better deal. And they're like, this is not helpful. This is not what we're trying to do here. Right. They realize that that uh, drug lord uh, uh, rigged his car up with a bomb. A bomb? Smith dies in it. And then there's some really good Don Johnson just broken sort of like. The scene where he goes to the diner, you know, to where the wife scene, is a waitress is yeah. phenomenal. And the yeah. guy, you see the boss. Uh, like stand in the way yeah. to block anyone else from entering the like the oh yeah it's good stuff and they don't cut to coverage no like she collapses no, no, she's no, like wailing great. and he's like doing that thing it's where good. he like right, bear right, hugs her right, right, right. to just try to like support her and you just stay in this wide shot of the guy standing by the door it's him just, in the kitchen of the diner with her right. he's good at being broken all that eighty stuff is fun where you're like he's got the divorced wife right it's like man. I like you. You're just a fuck up. And he's like, I know. And that scene is like, you know, and like, and now this shit is like the most cliche. Like if you did a pilot now where it's like, he's like kind of a jerk. He's an absent father. Yeah. We'd all be like, get out of here. But this anti-hero this. stuff yeah. is but like, this is right, new and right. he's dark. Yeah. I also, not a nice family, man. I'll say a move that I think is really he's good. He's got a is, crocodile in his boat. Well, we'll get alligator. To sorry. Alligator. Alligator. Yes. Please. Big difference. Okay. What's it called? Elvis. That's right. What? They took that out of this movie. Oh yeah, kind of nuts that they weren't Imagine. even. Yeah, fuck that. Why would he have an alligator? It's Imagine ludicrous. if he. <laughs> you know, I just feel like Michael is like, what? You can't have it. How cool! Get the fuck out of here. I also think he probably vetoed the alligator solely because he knew it would be satisfying to audiences. I don't know. She's giving us a look. Do we have to wrap up soon? Who's waving us? Come in, Rachel. Is it Rachel? Hi, Rachel. Do you have a podcast to do? Okay. Oh yeah, we're, we're almost done. done. We're almost done. We're yeah. gonna be done. We're just. Uh, you can put this computer here. How are you doing, Rachel? Supremely over. Rachel's carrying a computer. She's doing okay. Um, we've been recording too many episodes, and our episodes are long. <laughs> I'm just stating uh, fundamental facts about our existence right now. Can I say I I want to ask you guys this? So, but yeah, uh, Rachel, we'll be done in like 15 ish. Double thumbs up from Rachel. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you, Rachel. Sorry, Rachel. Uh, I'm getting very sick of my brain. Your brain? Because of the amount of time we're spending recording this podcast. Okay. Like, I'm like, God, I don't want to hear myself. Oh, you're getting sick of hearing yourself talk? Yeah. Wow. That's a milestone. That is a milestone. To the point where now when I have inner voice thoughts, I'm just like, shut the shut fuck up. up. I've spent enough the host time a blank check in my head? listening to this. Oh, shut up. People love it. People love, love it. it. Uh, so not me. Uh, we were talking about. <laughs> I'm glad they love it because <laughs> to me, this is starting to feel like a burden. <laughs> no bueno. Well, the other thing is, you forget people are listening to you once a week. You have Correct. to listen to you every day, every All goddamn the time. day. Too much time. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, Elvis isn't in it. What was I going to say? Um. Oh, the move I like is that uh, he shows up. You didn't realize that all this was happening on the day of his son's birthday. 
Right, right. He shows up with a box. It's such it's such hacky, corny shit. But this is what I like. The wife starts giving him the business. Oh, look who decided to show up just in time. Everyone else at the party is like putting on their coats. The parents are taking their kids with them. I love that Don Johnson doesn't defend himself at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, that he's got like the best excuse in the world, which is my partner died today. I right. had to deliver the news to his wife, right? right? right. And he's like, no, nah, I am a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm going to let her call me a piece of shit, even though I have the one good excuse. And he like walks in. Right, he could kind of trump her here. Right. The kid's excited. You showed up. Of course, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And he's just dealing with the kid on his level. And he waits a couple minutes before he tells him that the partner died, at which point everyone in the party immediately shifts from viewing him as the deadbeat to being like, well, they're like, oh, fuck. fuck. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I think that moment's really strong. That's fair. That's a moment that feels nuanced in a Michael Mann way, mm-hmm. whereas the rest of that scene feels like, the, right, the stock type, sort yeah. of like the, yeah, the guy no, no, can't no. get out of his own way. But I, the thing I responded to most uh-huh. is just, I mean, obviously the very famous, I mean, probably the most famous thing about Miami Vice scene in which they silently drive to what could be their deaths mm-hmm. and the, the Phil Collins in the air of the night right in the, in the air tonight plays over the you know and it's just like, like, like yeah. that's I feel like that's what people still remember about Miami Vice more yeah. than anything that um, feeling I, that's when I was the most yeah. locked into this thing and that is that does feel like the Michael Mann magic where he's right. like you're allowed to do this I yeah. like yeah I demand there you it. go Right, Changes I don't, know. I don't know what else to say about this. I really like it, but like, I wasn't really compelled to watch more. No, because I feel a sense of resolution watching this. That's the mm, weird kind thing. of that, right? And also, it's so notorious. Like Miami Vice season one was great, tons of Emmy nominations. Yeah. The only reason I want to keep watching, yeah, I want to get to Eddie, Eddie, Edward James Olmos, because he's not in the he's oh, not in he's the first three episodes. Four. Yeah, he right. shows up, but he's like their new lieutenant, in like episode right. four, right? And he is. By acclamation, best actor in the show. He's the only one who won an acting award. He won an yeah. Emmy. I might have won two. Like everyone loved him because their their chief just in this him. feels a little stagey. Yeah, he's fine. He stays in the show, I think. But he's okay. Fine. He's whatever. Yeah. Uh, like John Deal shows up. You know, yeah. like uh, the the cast is not yet built out, right? So I would mm-hmm. sort of be fun to see that. But season one, amazing. Season two, okay. There's three more seasons, but yeah. like you can check like it's Emmy, like the Emmy nominations yeah. not happening anymore. Right. Right, and the ratings drop. Well, OC season four is a yeah. masterpiece. Okay. I ate all the pretzels. The pretzels are gone. I got the last pretzel. It's right here. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Oh, boy. Seinfeld. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to say anything? I'm done talking. Yeah, about. no, I, the thing okay. I like is that it's not an odd couple narrative. It's not like they have friction with each other. There's the initial friction of like, wait a second. Like that moment when the whole the whole deal gets completely fucked up. By like the backup coming, showing up five minutes too early. Yeah. Tubbs on his own separate mission interloping, you know? Right. That like Johnson's got this all figured out. Like, here's my victory lap. I could take it all down. And everyone else is like not communicating with everyone else and they fuck it up. And then it's the thing of like, wait, you're a cop too. We got to figure this out. I like the reveal that that Tubbs is has taken his brother's name mm-hmm. to sort of avenge his brother's death. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty fun twist, like sort of like a nice third act twist, right? Right. Yeah. Right. When cool. they look him up and they go like, "This guy's dead," and he's like, "This is the traitor," and he's like, "Nah, man, like right. it, it's just like there's no way else I could have done this. I had to yeah. take my my brother was the good cop, like." Right. And you have those flashbacks to the deal going wrong. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, yeah I think all of those are really good, and yeah. it's nice that it sort of just ends on they catch the guy. Yeah. The guy immediately gets bailed out. 
Right. Someone on Reddit said that that's a pretty common way that like the show is pretty cynical. Yeah. Often they don't get their guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it had that kind of vibe, which is he appreciated that about the movie because the movie. Right. You know, they get Yarrow, but they don't get the big guy. There are systemic they, they issues at play right, right. that they can't defeat. It's going to just keep gone, keep on going. Right. It's like The Incredibles too. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that a lot, but I, yeah, you know, Great I enjoy movie. this. I feel like this feels like watching like, uh, you know, a little, a little man bonus thing. It feels like watching Jericho Mile or yeah. watching Ellie Takedown. We did Takedown. already do Jericho Mile, right. Um, right. That's on our Patreon. Yes. Um, but, it, but it's weird that it's not him and <sighs> it's still so influenced by him and that the influence of this show uh, changes the entire landscape of television yeah. to make television feel more Cinema. like Michael Mann movies. Right. Which we've e- already talked about another. In ER, you've got steady cam shots, and that's when it's really done and dusted. Man, you love ER. Best. Best. That's a, that we, Best. We were saying before recording this, my mom only watched two TV shows when I was growing up, and they were ER and Seinfeld. And it was like, she was like, I don't like the, TV. Literally TV's like dumb. the top two shows of the 90s. Right. right. These are the two shows worth watching. Right. Now, we're done with Michael Mann. It's mm-hmm. been a blast. I think it's been fun. We're Do almost agree? done with Miyazaki as well. We are. We've been recording Which like is crazy. Fantastic. Yeah. I uh, love to keep ahead. Yes. But um, time for your rankings, man. It's 12 movies if you include Jericho Mile. Time f- for your rankings, man. Add another end to that. Right. Well done. Um, Man, I think people are going to think my rankings are crazy. Go, please. Okay. Then you're you go. crazy for this. Or one. should you I go, go first? Because mine will probably be more. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I think there'll be someone. You maybe go not. first. Number one, Heat. Mm hmm. Number two, Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. Number three, The Insider. Mm-hmm. Number four, Collateral. Mm-hmm. Number five, Thief. Mm-hmm. Doing great. Okay. Number six, Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Ali. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Last of the Mohicans. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Black Hat. <laughs> <laughs> number 10, Public Enemies. Uh-huh. Number 11, Jericho Mile. Number 12, The Keep. Okay, let me see if I have this done correctly. People are going to be angry with me. So there should be 10 and 12. 12 in total. If you're including Jericho Mile. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to do this. And people aren't going to like it. Okay, ready? Yeah. Mhm. Okay. Number 1, Thief. Wow. Wow. I'll say it's the one that's lingered with me the most. Rules. And I got so amped when we did that one, and I was like, fuck, this is going to be like this. But I haven't. That was the, the biggest rush I got. And it's it's kind of just a perfect little thing. Sure. It's weird to say that he hit it the hardest at the first time out, but it is also such a perfect distillation of everything he does well. Number two, Heat. I'm not a moron. I'm not going to deny Heat. I'm just saying, for some reason, Thief works for me a little better. Okay. Number three, The Insider. Sure, mine number three too. Which I kind of think would be my number one if not for how bad the wife character is. Okay, sure. You know, it's like there there are a couple things you. in the movie you. that are so bad mm-hmm. that uh, almost are outweighed by the fact that the rest of it I like the most out of his entire oeuvre. Cool. Then I go Manhunter. Okay. Okay. Then I go Ali. Okay. Uh, Ali I feel like I like more than most. Sure. Uh, probably because of how many times it played my home growing up yeah. uh, with my weird brother, uh, a nine-year-old who was obsessed with Michael Mann's Ollie. Mm-hmm. Then I go Collateral. Collateral's what? What, are we, where, what number are we at here? Seven? We are at uh, three, four, five, six. Six. Collateral's at number six. Great. Number, number, number seven, 
is public enemies. Jesus. All right. That's this is where I'm mad at you. Yeah, Miami Vice should be above public enemies. Come on. Then you're really not gonna like what happens. Number eight black hat. Number eight is black hat. That's uh-huh. What's number and nine? those two are kind of split by a hair. I think public enemies has higher highs. Mm. Black hat's more consistent. Sure. I like both those movies more than most people. No, then I go I like Miami all Vice. These movies, to be clear. Yes. Yep, yep. Pretty much the same with me. Then I go Miami Vice. Then I go Last of the Mo a movie I'm just not crazy about. I like Miami. And here's the thing. Not my kind of movie. Mm. I think it's well done. Mm. When we did the Great episode, movie. people on Twitter, and I want to I wanna shut this shit down, okay. were saying that they thought the episode was dragged down by Dana Stevens' lack of enthusiasm. A couple people said this. It made me very angry. Me too, because I don't want to make it sound like genius. it was too many people. Dana's a fucking genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were also like, oh man, the boys weren't flipping out for this movie because their guests didn't like it as much. Relax. First of all, relax. fucking relax. Jesus. Second of all, we don't end our episodes with like a fucking star rating. Yeah. We, we, we talk about the episode. We talk about the movie. They're all, it's That's not it. my favorite movie. Yeah. I, I like it less than Dana. So if anyone, I'm dragging the episode Okay, down. you drag her. Even, I know it was only a couple people, but it made me very angry. Okay. Because it has to be restated. Dan Stevens is a genius. Then I go The Keep. And then I go Jericho Mile. Cool. Feels like you got to put Jericho Mile last, just because it's like not no, as much of a movie. Put that above The Keep. I, there's something about The Keep. There is. There's undeniably something about The there's Keep. There's something about it. I, I fully agree with that. I don't know, is the episode out? What are we, what are we, uh... That's it, right? Yeah, Rachel oh, no. brought in the computer. One what? more thing. What? We're going to play the box office game from Public Enemy. Oh, fuck, we're going to do it again. Yeah, right? Okay. That's what we're going to okay, do. Okay, but I'm going to ask for one more thing. I'm going to, I'm going to prep something while you're doing that. So this is also now a test of memory, because we recorded a Public Enemies episode maybe ten, 10 weeks ago. A while ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, it was probably 10 weeks ago. Yep. Uh, we did that one fairly early in, yes. the, in the recording. Room. Yeah. Okay. Number one, mm-hmm. on July 3rd, 2009. It's a sequel. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. That's- See, I think I'm going to do too well in this. Well, let's find out. Number okay. two, $43 million. 42, sorry, 42. One of the worst films of all time. Probably Michael Bay's worst movie. Revenge of the Fallen is, is so, so bad. So bad. Unforgivably yeah. bad. Yeah. Unforgivably bad. Anyway, then they made five more <laughs> Transformers uh-huh. movies. Uh, number two, animated film. New this week. $41 million opening weekend. It's Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Yeah. Number three? Number three is Public Enemies? That's right. Also opening $25 million. Okay. See, number- it's just like if you'd heard it the first time. You're not missing anything. <laughs> number four. Uh-huh. I think this box office game was pretty quick, actually. I do, too. I think I had these. I, me- yeah. I remember this weekend. Yeah. Number four, it's romantic comedy. Number four is a romantic comedy. In its third weekend, it's making twelve million. Oh, the proposal. Number five, comedy. Mm-hmm. In its fifth week, it's made two hundred and five million dollars. There you go. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to find the ratings for the pilot episode of Miami. Oh, Place. I don't know if you'll do that. But here to come give some completion because we recorded Spirited Away today. Mm-hmm. Also opening 64th on three screens, uh-huh. making $5,000, is Nia Vardalos' I Hate Valentine's Day. Wow. One of the more demented movies ever made. Uh, truly, 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 truly bizarre movie. Never seen it. If you ever have the misfortune to watch it, I'm, that's too bad. 
And that's that's a little teaser for the fact. Written and directed by Nia. Yeah, that's her only time she directed, right? I think so. Um, it's a little teaser for the fact that our Spirited Away episode, of course, has a 20-minute tangent about my Big Fat Greek wedding. Of course. Fantastic. Um, yeah, it's the only one. Because she, she also co-wrote Connie and Carla and my Big Fat Greek wedding, too. And what about My Life in Ruins, my no, friend? she didn't write that. She didn't write that? No, that was a Nia Vardalos vehicle. They took another script and put her in it. Uh, the only other thing she wrote was... What? Come on. Big Fat Greek Wedding 2? No, I said that already. What's the other thing? She's not oh, in it. Oh, 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 oh! She co-wrote Larry Crown. That's right. She put a crown on it. She did. Okay, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to try to do this. Okay, the night of September 16th, 1984. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm talking primetime slot, 7 o'clock to 11 o'clock. The big three networks, ABC, CBS, NBC. Right. What do you think the top program of the night was? Miami Vice. Well, this is weird. Okay, you know what it is? What is it? It's a different show called ER starring Elliot yes, Gould. Yes, E slash R. E slash R. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, weirdly... George Clooney was on. Weird. Yeah. Well, this is the- That was a comedy. It was a sitcom set in an emergency room. Yeah. Yes. Elliot Gould, Mary yeah. McDonald, Con- Conchata Farrell. Yeah, that's a CBS Jason Alexander. Show. That was a big show. It was Huge. not- It only ran one season. It didn't make it very far, but when it launched, it was like, Elliot Gould, back on TV. Yeah. Mary McDonald, like, you know, big show. Uh, it gets a 23 in the ratings. Fuck. Huge. Okay? Huge. And that's the pilot episode. Yeah. Airing the same night as Miami Vice, which is number two- with 22.8 million. Okay, so very close. Okay, the third highest rated show of the evening <laughs> of September. So you're not giving, 16. you're not doing a time slot, you're just doing the night? I mean, the time slot, there are only three shows. Yeah. So what's the third show? That's well, on CBS? Okay, fine. All right. What, what was the third highest rated? David, ER was on from eight to nine, yeah. and Mamie Vice was on from nine to, to ten. Oh, 9 to 11. Right, Correct. so two hours. Okay. Yeah. So they weren't in the same time slot. But they're on different networks, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But what was Miami Vice up against? Uh, the movie Some Kind of Hero. Okay. Which got a 19.5. That's back in the day. People watch TV movies. And the Denver Broncos Cleveland Browns game. So that's not interesting. <laughs> I'm asking you for the top ratings of the night. They don't have to be in the same slot. Okay, I'm asking <sighs> you for the night. What do you think the third highest rated thing was of the night? I'll give you a hint. Wait, I have a guess. What? The A-Team. Nope. Damn it. All right, give me a hint. We've kind of covered it on the TV show, on the podcast before. What? We've kind of covered this TV show on the podcast before. Kind of. We've talked about it extensively because of one of the movies we've covered. I have no idea. I'm so tired. To the extent that I would say we kind of have covered it on the podcast. What is it? Give me more hints. I don't know. We covered it on this very miniseries. This very on this very mini series, we covered what was the third highest rated program of Mash. the night, September sixteenth, nineteen eighty four. Michael Mann has connections to two of these shows, both the Miami Vice pilot. What is it? Crime it, story. Nothing Not to do with E slash R. No. Well, he wasn't connected to the show at the time, but later it would become a big part of his filmography. Oh. He had no involvement in the series as it was airing. Okay. And in fact, it's still airing. It's still airing? In fact, it's still airing. But 
It would later become a very crucial part of his filmography. See, this is kind of fun, right? Very crucial? This is a real stumper, and this is fun, and you're going to get so excited when you figure it out, and everyone loves this. this it's not The, the Simpsons. It, I'm trying to think of not. shows that still... Oh! 60 minutes. 22.1, baby. Ah, of course. Yeah. Of course. That's number three. Number there four, I already spoiled, is the movie Some Kind of Hero. What is that movie, even? Got a 19.5? That's uh, insane. I'm saying, I think it's about some kind of <laughs> hero. Okay. and then, It's a Richard Pryor movie. It must have just been like for the first yeah. time on TV. Yeah. yeah. And then here we go. The number five. Can you guess the number Why the f- five? What? No. It's on what NBC. It? Uh-huh. So it was the lead in. At 7.30. Oh, it's 7.30. Jesus. Yes. Okay. NBC. It's a sitcom? It's a sitcom. And I mean, big rating. It's a new episode. It's part one of three. Part one of three it's of It's a, a Sunday night. It's lead in with Silver Spoons. And I'll say pretty good pairing these two shows together. There's there's a real vibe to this block. David has given up. He is surrendered. He is loading bullets into a gun. He's pointing them at my. Remember how you said you were sick of hearing you talk. Yeah, you know. How no, I we feel, only baby. have one more episode, and then a Six Flags trip this week. Great. We I don't do know. It I'm looking at Silver Spoons now. Silver Spoons did pretty well. Got a nine point six, but this one was blowing the roof off the door. Blowing the roof off the door. What the fuck am I saying? I'm tired of my own voice. Eleven point five. And there's rumors now they're going to reboot this show for Netflix with the original star. Rumors now they're going to reboot the show oh, for no, Netflix. I have a guess. Star. Yes. Punky Brewster. Nailed it. Yes. Nice. What an episode. Yes. <laughs> Triumph. I loved Punky Brewster. You can't pay it, pod fade this shit. You know what I'm saying? They're rebooting Punky Brewster? With Selene Moonfrog, I think, adopting a kid or something. Is she going to be Punky? Yeah. She's going to wear different colored converses? Probably. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think now she's going to be the parent. Yeah, it's like Degrassi or whatever. It's yeah, right it's next generation. Cool all right. Wait, how many? Oh, Jesus. An hour, 20 minutes. We done. Okay, get the fuck out of here. Woo! Thank you all for listening. Goodbye. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew Gouda, for our social media. Lay Montgomery for our theme song. Joe Bone, Pat Rounds for our work. Uh, go to blankies.rat.com for some real nerdy shit. Go to T Public for some real nerdy shirts. Go to our Patreon. Uh, for some real nerdy uh, commentaries, what what are we what are we up to now? What's what's the next one? Well, we got the Six Flags. Well, no, no, Guardians is next though. Guardians will drop on Wednesday or whatever. Right, or August first. Right, right. Uh, Guardians, yeah, Guardians will have just dropped. dropped. Just dropped. Just dropped. Right. Guardians right. with David Ehrlich. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. <laughs> David's holding on to the table or rocking the house. Yeah, it drops today. Right, it's the August first. Right. And uh, and then the next six episode, flags. unless anything goes drastically wrong, the next episode's going to be assuming six flags. nothing goes horrifically wrong. We're going to Six Flags. Nothing's going wrong. It's going to go better than good. It's we're gonna going to New Jersey. The only question is, and you're going to have to tune in. You're going to have to throw down your money on Patreon to get the answer. Will David wear a Bane mask, a Batman it's cowl, a or Joker makeup? Probably. I'm. Mask. I bought lav mics. I have a 3D mic. I have mobile rigging. I'm. You guys are gonna get Mobile your rigging. We're going I'm, on the I'm Dark Knight coaster. Your asses knocked off by how good this. Stuff We're going is. on Batman the Ride based on the Burton film. And Ben, there's a Joker roller coaster there that David says he doesn't want to go on because it's a little too twisted. Because, but why don't you want to go shit. on it? I don't like roller coasters. But what part don't you like? The twisted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chaos reigns! God, that thing's gonna be out soon. The Joker, he's gonna be back. Joe Twisted! Joe Twisted! That's it. That's it. You're done. Okay, and as always, the Joker's Twisted. <laughs> <laughs>